0: Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along on this Monday morning as we get into the Word of God each day, every day, get into the Word of God, allow it to transform our lives. I hope you're with us on this journey as we walk with God, allow His Word to penetrate and we pray over it. We have been recently in the book of 2 Peter and we're uh, towards the end of chapter 1. And he's talking here about he had been eyewitnesses of the very uh, life of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus. And then he talks about giving us the Word of God. And he tells us there's only one interpretation. I'm curious, do you ever wonder about how to interpret the Bible? Do you ever wonder about the people? You ever encountered a person who says, well, that's just your interpretation. That's just what you think. I don't see it that way. I interpret it differently. How do we respond to some of this? What do we think about it? Let's look at the verse, first of all. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, he tells us this, But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. This concept, they were moved by the Holy Spirit. It's like they were carried along. It's been explained to me years ago. It's like a leaf that's floating on a, on a stream or a river, and, it, and the river's carrying it along the leaf. That leaf maintains its identity, but it's carried along by the current of the stream. Likewise, it's interesting in the Bible, the, the different personalities of Bible writers come forth. Paul doesn't write the same way as Peter. John doesn't write the same way as Peter or Paul. Different people have different writing styles, and yet each one was carried along, moved by the Holy Spirit to give us God's Word. And so it's not a matter of—interpreting the Bible is not a matter of just asking, what do I think, or what does it mean to me, or how do I feel— It's a matter of discovering what God says. We don't make up truth. We discover the truth of God. This is very, very important in our postmodern world, where people make decisions based on feelings. They decide truth based on—you hear it often. Well, I feel, instead of I think, people are saying, I feel this, or I feel that. And that's how they make moral decisions. That's how they make financial decisions. All kinds of decisions based on their feelings and how they how they feel about it instead of based on truth. Likewise, and even more so with the truth of God, it's not up to us to say how I feel about it. It's up for us to discover what God says. God says something, and when He says it, He means it. Now, to be clear, there are many applications of a Bible verse. But there's only one proper interpretation. When the Bible says something, it means what it says. It's our job to discover what was intended by the original writer, moved by the Holy Spirit, inspired by God, what was intended by them to the audience that they were writing to. That's the first goal of of effective good Bible study. But then we move on to say, okay, now how how does this apply to me? Not what does this mean to me. That's not the goal. The goal is to find out what it meant to the people it's being written to. Now we ask, once we understand that, how does this apply to me? How do I put this into practice in my life? What, for instance, Paul may have been writing to the Galatians or Romans, etc. All right. Why is there such an issue with this Bible interpretation stuff? Well, I'm sure they had a problem back in Peter's day, or he wouldn't have written this. But in our day here, particularly in the West, you know, you look at the history of Christianity, and for the longest time, the Catholic Church dominated the Western world, and the interpretation of the Bible is what they said. If the Pope said it or the priest said it, that's what it meant. And no one thought, no one questioned, no one doubted and then along came a guy by the name of Martin Luther, about 500 years ago, and he did doubt, and he did question. And uh, excuse me, I guess it was 600 years ago, in the 1500s, it, he came, and he did doubt, and he did question, because he was sincerely seeking God, and the soul was not satisfied, and he studied the Scriptures. He was a priest. He studied the Scriptures and, and, and labored over them and he came to an understanding that what he understood the scriptures to say about justification by faith alone, faith in Jesus Christ, was different than what was being taught in the in the Catholic Church. And as we know, he he went uh, in Wittenberg and the place called the Diet of Worms. He he nailed on the door there at the church. His, his objections, his 95 theses, objections to what was being taught in the Catholic Church, that was the day, the birth of the Reformation. And the Reformation changed everything in the Western world because it challenged the authority. It basically said that instead of the Pope having the authority, the Scripture had the authority. And it acknowledged that as an, as, as an individual, each of us it, we will stand before God. We'll give an account to God for what we think and what we believe, and and we're not going to get to heaven because Peter says we should go there. There won't be some priest standing next to us say, "God let him in." It's going to be us standing before God, and what do we believe? What have we done? What have what do we think? And so the Reformation. Took this away, took this uh, authority away. Shall we, shall we say, away from the church, and it gave it to the scripture. The scripture is our authority, and if the church and the scripture disagree, we go with the scripture. Now Catholics today would say they they go with the scripture too. They just say the church is the one who is the authoritative interpreter. The church, the the Catholic uh, leadership knows how to properly interpret the Scripture. And so if they disagree, the feeling is, okay, they're they're wrong in their interpretation that the church is right in how they interpret it. So where do we stand? Well, of course, I'm a Protestant. I believe that the Scripture is the Word of God. I believe that the church can be fallible, and men in the church can be fallible. The only infallible thing we trust is the Scripture, the Word of God. And if, and ultimately, it's up to me to stand on my interpretation. Now, I could be wrong, but here's the thing. I'm, uh, I'm going to stand before God for how I understand the Word of God, and I want to make sure that I've studied it so I know what I believe. I'm not going to trust my soul to someone else, other than Jesus Christ, of course. I'm not going to trust my soul to my minister to my pastor to a priest to a pope to know anyone but Jesus because they're not their their soul's not on the line it's mine that's on the line and therefore I'm going to read the scripture and find out what it says for my salvation and be faithful with that and that's how we all need to be as a result consequently of course the Catholics uh you know they they speak against this concept that there's now Thousands of interpretations out there. Look at all the denominations. Look at all the different churches. And it's all because uh, of the Reformation saying that each of us can interpret it the way we want. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying we can interpret the way we want. We're saying each of us is responsible to seek God and discover God's Word and His teaching. There's a big difference. You are not free to interpret the Bible however you want. I'm not free to interpret the Bible however I want. There's only one interpretation. And what it, what it, we're saying is each of us individually is responsible to discover what the Bible says. Not to make it say what I want it to say, but to discover what God caused it to say, or what God revealed to us. This is important. And maybe one of the problems with this is there are so many interpretations, because so many people misinterpret the Bible because there's really as Peter says there's really only one right interpretation and if you're not on that one then the others are wrong on the other hand friends when people you know talk about so many denominations and why there's so many a lot of that's overrated a lot the truth is most every christian denomination agrees on the basics that Jesus is the son of god that he died for our sins that he rose from the dead They believe in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They believe it's important to have faith in Jesus Christ, that we're saved through faith. They believe in so many of these important principles, and a lot of the differences in denominations really are what I would call peripheral issues. How's the church to be governed? What type of leadership structure should you have? Sometimes over what kind of music you want to listen to or sing. So bottom line is there is one interpretation we are called to discover what that interpretation is. We're not free to say, well, what it means to me is, or what I feel it means is, we're called to discover what God says and then figure out how to apply it in our lives, okay? Father in heaven, we bless you and we love you and we thank you for the word of God. We want to study it carefully. We want to learn it accurately. We pray, Father, that we would not be misunderstanding and misinterpreting the Scripture because the consequences of that are severe. We humble ourselves. We lay aside sin and anger and malice and wrath. We lay aside the things that pollute the soul that would prohibit us and stand in the way of us hearing from you. You said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We come to you today, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. You've purified our hearts. Might we keep them pure and undefiled, that we might see you and hear from you and know you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. It's true. It's a light to our path. It makes us adequate. It enriches our soul. It gives us confidence and security. We thank you for the word of God, Father in heaven. Might we be people who understand it? Might people understand it accurately? Know what it means, know what it says, know what it means, and understand how that applies to our lives personally. And how we pray, Father, for uh, your word to spread rapidly. Again, we pray for the schools today, Lord. The schools are opening all over the country, students are back in the, in the uh, campuses and on the cl- in the classrooms. How we pray for a mighty revival among our youth in in our nation, Lord, a mighty revival. There's such a need, there's such lostness. They talk about mental illness, Lord, there's it's just revealed all this last couple of years has revealed the the the, the weak foundation so many stand upon. I pray there'd be multitudes turn to Jesus Christ, the solid rock, and plant our feet solidly upon him. We bless you today. We love you and we worship you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen and amen. Hey, thanks for joining with me today. If you're new, a special welcome to you. I hope you'll come and join us regularly. If you're here every day or, or as often as you can be, I love you guys. So thankful that you have made the commitment. It's a small commitment, really, 15 minutes a day to get in the Word of God together. But it's a significant commitment. Small but significant. Because as we get into the Word of God and we allow it to refresh our soul and come alive, and often as we share it with one another like this and hear it from someone else teaching it, it can make a a big difference, a big difference over time. And this is our promise to you. You come here regularly. It's my challenge and my promise. You come here regularly, day after day, for the next several months, you'll begin to notice change in your life. It'll be obvious in your attitudes, your relationships, your faith, your spirit, your encouragement, I believe you'll have all that. So until we meet tomorrow, might the Lord bless you, strengthen you, fill you with his Holy Spirit, his grace, and his love. Remember, you're the light of the world. You have something the world didn't give you. Don't let them take it away. God bless you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.